I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is Tuesday, July 19th. All is quiet on the Cavs news front, but we are not lacking in Cavs news today because we have former player played 12 games for the team during the 01-02 season. Six foot four out of USC, Jeff Trepanier. A pleasure to welcome you onto the podcast today. Same. Pleasure to be here. And for those that don't remember, if you have short memories, a lot has happened to the Cavs in the last 20 years. They've changed their jersey six times over. They've had LeBron James twice. They've had the number one pick four times. They selected Wiggins, Bennett, Irving, and of course LeBron. Jeff playing 12 games in the 01-02 season, including a high of eight in a game against the 76ers. And we will talk about Jeff's time in Cleveland, among other things, but we start in the youth of Jeff. So Jeff, you know, growing up in Compton and, you know, in, in, in California, who are some of your basketball idols in your early years that kind of helped form your passion for the game? Michael Jordan, for sure. Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. I mean, those were the two best players at the time in my eyes. And so I really looked up to those two. And so I'm going to assume you saying both of them, not to shade number 20, the other number 23, but it sounds like because of that poll, you may say MJ is the GOAT? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then growing up, you know, were you were you a Lakers fan being in California? I'm still a Lakers fan. <laughs> I was like, I was, I've been a Lakers fan the whole time I played my whole career. <laughs> So then Staples Center is something you probably, I guess, no, you, it was pre-Staples. You were, you were, you're going to the Great Western Forum back in the day then? No, and no, then, it, it was Staples. It was Staples. It was Staples. That's right. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, not trying to age you there. Okay. That's, <laughs> no, I'm talking. <laughs> and then do you like this crypto.com arena name or do you think that it's just really a, it's business is business? Business is business. It will always be Staples to real Lakers fans. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know much about <laughs> NFTs. I can't tell you much about crypto. You know, I got family members that work in the industry and they know what they're doing. I couldn't, I still can't actually tell you what NFT stands for. So Same here. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was a way to make it say not fitting with the Lakers name, I'm sure that that's what it would be. But, and then, exactly. <laughs> And you played with some decorated guys in college, which we'll get to, Jeff. But what was your favorite basketball moment from ages one, maybe the first time you touched a ball, to age 18 before you started at USC? I think my, my favorite basketball moment was uh, the 10th grade when I first was able to start dunking. Like, once I started dunking, like, I just, like, had a different level of love for the game just to be – doing exciting, exciting things like that. Like that really like just, just made my love for the game even more. Like I loved it. Like just being able to dunk. That was so awesome for me. And now your first dunk was in 10th grade. Did you get your first in-game dunk in 10th grade as well? It was, it was, um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, spring, it was spring league. Like 
right before summer league, and uh, we were scrimmaging against somebody, and I got my first big game done. And that was the first time I've done it because every like every time in practice, like I it will always bounce out. I can never get it to go in. And I finally had a little adrenaline during the game and got it in, and it was it was over after that. Uh, I gotta say, man, I, you're you're out there, and we'll get to your dunking with some greatness around you. I'm out here still trying to work on a reverse layup to try and get some kind of flash. It's <laughs> a five ten kid playing pickup basketball outdoors. <laughs> Someday. So when we're done, can I can I call you to lift me up to get my first dunk? I know you still got that strength. I might maybe that's Absolutely. how I get my first dunk. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, perfect. Trepanier to Weiss. We're set. First dunk. Judges will give it a 10. We'll get us, will get us to next February's contest as a duo. But before we before we go there, let's let's advance a little bit. Jeff, you went to USC and you were were steadily getting better as you went, you know, less minutes in your first season. As you remember, you averaged five and four, then 12 and five. Then as a junior, things definitely started to click. You know, you're shooting the ball 48%. You started to find your three, made a career high of 30 in that 99-2000 season. Of course, the three-point shot to anyone that's just getting to basketball in these last 10 years. Pretty much new to the game. A lot of guys in college would not take as many. So even you making 30 in a season might be triple or quadruple what it would be today. But you averaged, you average, Jeff, uh, 16 as a junior. What what clicked for you that year? I know you played with Brian Scalabrini for all four years. You had a great player next to you, but right. you were you were killing right. it. Well, you know, um, our our team during that time, we um, we all wanted to get better, and so like every off season, like we we worked really hard. We were in the gym all day, like all day. And so we that that summer going into my junior year, I just really worked on my jump shot. Just I just wanted to improve all the way around, but I really wanted to work on my jump shot, and we did. Like I worked every day. Uh, the coaches worked with me. Uh, we would go in there on our own late at night, get extra shots up. And I just I, I really was focused on having a breakout season, and I did. I did. Yeah, definitely came together for you. All in all, 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, better than a block a game, more than three steals per game. Yeah, absolutely killing it for the Trojans. And, and now you play with a couple of future NBA players. There were two, Brian Scalabrini and Desmond Farmer. I played with another fellow who was an absolute bucket, did not make the NBA, uh, named Sam, Sam Clancy. So who was your favorite teammate, Jeff, um, in your four years at USC? My favorite teammate. I would have to say Brandon Granville, our point guard, just because just because he passed me the ball and we were roommates for three years. Um, but yeah, we just had a special kind of relationship, like just being around each other a lot, 80% of the time. And so we just formed a special bond. I think that was my favorite teammate. And actually, Sam Clancy did make it. He played one year in the NBA. He played yeah, that, for Philly. That's on me. So that's good. So you had yeah. three. So you guys, you, had, you have four, four out of your five there. You got almost a full starting five in there. Yeah. And then I know he got his moniker later as kind of being the white Mamba, as being what he is. Now he's a commentator for the Celtics and Big Three and NBC Boston. But what, what was Scal like in his, in his formative years before he was this hype, hype man kind of in the NBA? Scal was awesome. I mean, he definitely had game. He was like so fundamentally sound. Um, he had a high basketball IQ. And he could just flat out ball. Like he could play. 
he could definitely play. So his time in the NBA was definitely deserved. It was definitely deserved because he was a good player and a good teammate. Yeah, and it is good to see. He's done all three commentating roles in Big Three over the last couple weeks. Calibri, he does it all, man. You guys stay in touch? He does it all. Uh, not as much as like a, a lot of the other guys, but you know, it's all love whenever we see each other. He's busy. He's a busy person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was still hooping until last year at that level. He, I mean, that he, the, the shape he's in, the fact that, and his build, the fact he was able to actually last in that league even post pandemic, to me, was extremely impressive. It is a he's sneaky athletic, man. He's sneaky. Like I said, he has a high basketball IQ. He knows how to play the game. So, you know, as long as you know how to play the game, you can still play. And anyone, and that is why Anderson Varejao, according to Austin Carr, when he rejoined the Cavs, is there. He, you, you play the game, that's exactly what he would say. I appreciate the AC moniker. I'm sure you remember talking with him back yep. in the 0102 yep. season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then final question from USC, Jeff, then we'll jump into your NBA time. You took second place twice in the Pac-10 championships in both 99 and 2000. Also tied the fifth best jump at seven feet, one inch in USC history. You did, you played two sports at the University of Southern California. How hard was that? Two, two division one sports and being very good at both of them too, I should add. You know, like I would say, I wouldn't say two. I would say maybe like one point three just because um the high jump was like a like a, a afterthought like I, ne- I never did it in high school my first time doing it was in college um my girlfriend at the time she ran track mm-hmm. so I would I would go to their track practices either before or after our practice uh their track coach had been to a couple of our basketball games and saw me make a couple of crazy plays and uh he caught our coaching acts you know, could they borrow me? And, you know, my coach been a good sport, uh, Henry Bibby. He said, oh, you know, we're not in season right now. Why not? And I literally had three days of practice before the first meet. And I, I just, I just, I didn't have no technique. I just had, I just got my steps down running to the, to the bar. And that was all I needed to uh, do what I did. It was crazy. It was crazy. So you're saying that you would have easily taken first if you had been doing this for more than three days and you'd have the records. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's the part. That's the part people don't get. I mean, that, that's, that's, guess that's that kind of level that you're able to take everything. You're able to get to the pros. I mean, it's a lot more than athleticism, but you think, like you think, you think of all these European players, you think of Embiid and you think of Giannis, or not European, overseas. You think of those guys and you think of all these players that pick up a ball at 15 and by 19, their first round picks in the best league in the world. I mean, you're doing yeah. this in three days. Yeah. I, it, man, that's... It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the athletic ability in this, of, of people in this world, man, is incredible. Good for you. If you... If you have been doing it for even five days. That that's that's top three, but nonetheless, that it, that's great. And <laughs> <laughs> taking it now to Cleveland, where you did spend your first season in the NBA, kind of in and out of the rotation in that season. But there was a game on November twenty third where you did see sixteen minutes. You scored eight points. This was at a time where the Cavs were still an incredible defensive team. Defense was still the name of the game in the NBA. You lost the Sixers 79-68, but you logged 17 minutes. You did put in eight points, a couple baskets. 
What do you remember from that day? Uh, that was my first game playing, actually, like the first regular season game. And so I just wanted to show that I could play, that I belong. And so uh, I, I was very excited just to, just to be able to suit up that game. And uh, we were playing Allen Iverson, which he was a beast at the time. And um, one of the one, the one thing, the, the one thing that stood out the most from that game was my first bucket. And it was on Allen Iverson. And it was a baseline dunk. And so that, that was, I will always remember that. Yeah, you, you can't start any better than that. You think about AI stepping over exactly. Ty Lue. Exactly. <laughs> but we don't we don't yep. talk enough yep. about Jeff Trapanier, Jeff Trapanier rather dunking over Allen Iverson. I think we need to make that a highlight that we need to start circulating. You, do you have I'm the video? I'm saying, I'm saying uh, VHS. I do. So VHS. VHS. <laughs> I will. I'm gonna go to the store and buy it. We'll do a transfer, and then we'll get it going viral. Let people remember. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in your year in, in Cleveland, Jeff, you did spend time around a lot of very talented players including the likes of Wesley Person, Andre Miller, great shooter Lamont Murray. We remember him for his infamous triple-double, but he was a lot more than that. Ricky Davis, you had a lot of yep. talented yep. lottery pick bigs that really never came together. Desogna dropped Michael Doliak, who did. Doliak did win his title in Miami, dropped it of a nice career. And, of course, he was unfortunately in and out of the lineup, and not, not to disrespect Chris Mim, who was playing some very good ball while you were there. But Big Z, right. you know, Playing with Ogowskis, and I've heard this from a couple of his other former teammates, you know, Cedric Henderson and Brevin Knight have been on the pod before. And talking with them, they, they talk about just how talented he is, how good he is. If he was fully healthy, what kind of career do you think he could have had? Because I feel like a lot of us today only see him as the guy he was when he was on the court. We don't consider all the time he missed. I think he missed, what, two out of his first three seasons in the league? And yeah. look at the career yeah. he had. Yeah. He was he was Jokic before Jokic. Like he he was that good. He he might have even been more talented. Like Z, Z was he was special. He was special, man. But just those those injuries, man. He couldn't really get going. But he was definitely like a Jokic type of player. Like that's if if you want to make any comparisons, it was like that for sure. And probably Jokic as a shot blocker then, right? Because Ogalskis, when I mean he, you're not shooting over him, you can try, but you're gonna get embarrassed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he was huge. He was huge, man. He was good, and he was good. He was a good dude. Like I, I really wish he, like those injuries wouldn't have hindered him, but you know that's a part of the game. And then, if he was playing today, Jeff, with the three-point shot, do you think he'd be a 22, 23-point guy on a bad night? Even just considering that you can't get a hand up, he spaces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he can shoot it. He can shoot it. He can post. He can do everything. So yeah, he definitely would have been. His numbers would have been crazy. Man, crazy. I, I, and it's it's crazy that he had the career he did. It's crazy that Mike Fratello just found him. They just found him. He, he was a complete, nobody knew who he was in America. Cavs did something great. It panned out very well. He was a great partner yeah. for LeBron, yeah. the pre-LeBron years as well, when he was on the floor, that 97-98 yeah. team. Yeah. And then... I know you said you're a Lakers fan, Jeff, through and through, which is fine. That's where you started. No, you're back in California now. <laughs> but do you still keep up with the Cavs? Do you watch them? Do you think it's kind of because they were the team that gave you that first opportunity? Yeah, I always, I always watch them. And then, like, even, even now, because we have Evan Mobley on their team, 
which was a Compton Magic USC guy. And so, you know, we have close ties. So, of course, I watch him now. And now, what do you think about the Agbaji pick? You know, he's a guy that can knock down shots. He was a four-year guy, so it's surprising in today's game that you're seeing him taking as high as he is. But I personally think it's a good selection. They got themselves a shooter. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's going to be – he'll fit right in with the, with the other guys. Um, and, you know, they have a good chance to be to be great this year, you know. Uh, they have a good group of guys coming back. Uh, and, you know, sky's the limit for them. As long as they stay healthy, they should be able to compete for something. And do you believe in the future of Sexland? Or do you think you kind of need a defensive guard on the court at all times to, to pair with the other? Uh, you know – it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's up in the air with that one. Um, you know, if, if you get, if you get, if he gets to buy into the system, you know, really want to work on his game and things like that, you know, it, it'll work out well, but you know, you need, it's kind of tricky with those with, with, with point guards like that. You never know. It could go either way. So I, I don't know. Yeah. A fair assessment. You know, I'm, I'm personally excited to see Colin come back. I think that as amazing right. as Darius was hundred biggest contract in Cavs history, absolutely earned a walking bucket. He drops dimes. He leads by example. Yeah. We can't forget yeah. that his partner did average 25 points a game just two years ago. People are trying to discount that. Yeah. So I I'm glad to hear right. Right. that it's not dead in the water. You never know though. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, once you left the NBA, Jeff, you did have your year with the Cavs, spent a couple of years in Denver. You played in Europe. You played all over. And you still, to this day, hold the EuroLeague record for most steals in a game with 11. You're playing for Ulkaj, 11 steals against Partizan on January 26-06. You still remember that day pretty well? Getting another record books where you still sit 16 years later? I do. I do remember that game. It was uh, I had uh, I had a lot of steals that game. I was I was all over the place defensively. You know, we were trying to get a win, and uh, yeah, I was just doing whatever I could to to get us that W, man. And I was just flying all over the place, just locking up on defense. So it, it was a very good game. It was a very good game. And now, did the European did the European Basketball Book of World Records? Do they call you every year and say, "Hey, Jeff, this is us. You still have the record. You're still the greatest. You still have the greatest defensive performance in our league in our entire existence." They tell you that? No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> no, they don't. I actually like. I'll get reminded every once in a while because somebody has seen it and call me like, "Hey, man, you know, you you, you still got the record?" And I was like, "Oh." So every, every once in a while, somebody, somebody would call me. I don't, I don't never check on it, though. I, people just hit me up about it. Anyway, it's good to see it exists. And also, you think about all of today's athletes running camps and clinics, and all you're seeing from these clinics, you're not seeing what they're teaching. You're just seeing them blocking the kids when they shoot every time over, whether it's Tatum or Van Vliet or LeBron. <laughs> but what they're not showing, Jeff, is on their drive to the basket, how to strip the ball. Now that, that is where they could yep. still stand to learn a thing or two. Yep. Exactly. Number three. <laughs> Got to teach them that defense. <laughs> it's all about the reach. It's not always about the block. You can get the reach. It doesn't have to be about exactly. the block. And if you get the reach, you don't have to worry about yep. fouling or fouling out or two shots. Just get it in there clean. It's like Torian Prince said, right? <laughs> grab the ball, go up, two hands. Same with a steal. Go in, grab it, two hands, pull, just like football. Boom. 
And now sliding over to what you're up to today, Jeff. So you did mention the Compton Magic, where you are working as the director of basketball operations. And so now kind of coming up in Compton, what's it been what's it been like for you going back to that area where you kind of formed your basketball beginnings? I mean, you, you always want to give back to the community. Um, our, our team is really not based out of Compton anymore, but um, like we're, we still have an office here. <clears throat> um, and like now, like the, the Compton Magic, the Compton, the Compton Magic side that I really like enjoy is the community service because we're really big on community service. So we do like book drives, food drives. Um, we'll put together little care packages and just, you know, pass it out to the homeless and things like that. So, I mean, basketball wise, we're good, but like we, we try to match that with the community service. So we're really big on community service. And I think that's that's the most important thing for me. You know, especially at the end of the day, as great as the work you can do on the court, there's nothing more satisfying to be able to give back off the court and to make the lives, right. using your right. platform to make the lives of those people around you better. So it's great to hear that. Absolutely, absolutely. And with the Compton Magic, you mentioned Evan Mobley, who is going to go on to do some incredible things in Cleveland, already is. And the fact that in some part of the jersey reveal, his jersey was one of the ones shown as being worn because shout out Evan Mobley. I'll be getting one soon. Uh, Evan Mobley is an alum. Dale and Terry, now a Chicago Bull, is an alum. Johnny Juzang on a two-way contract with Utah Jazz, surprisingly undrafted after a great college career, um, is among them. So how great is it, Jeff, seeing so many of your guys shining at that next level and finding their way into the NBA? Well, you know, that, that's the plan. When, when they come into this program, we want to get them to the highest level. And so when we see that happening, you know, it just – it's, it's, it's exciting and it's rewarding for us just to see the young guys live out their dreams. Oh, and don't forget about Isaiah. Isaiah's there too now. So, you know, he, he might have a great career in Cleveland also with his brother. But, you know, just to see these guys um, succeed and get on the highest level, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome for us. It's awesome for them, for their family. And it's a win for everybody. Yeah, and also shout out to Gabe York, who played for the Pacers this past season, getting the G yep. League call up. Mm -hmm. It's yep. a big shout out, Isaiah Mobley. I'm excited to watch him play in Cleveland. I think that he's in a weird spot where they have a ton of players and only a few roster or rather rotation spots open. But I do think, as you saw when, when you were working with him and you saw it firsthand, he's a guy that I think he's got a more pure shot than his brother by a tiny amount. You know, he's got the athletic ability. Mm -hmm. And I think just by association, the last name Mobley right now in that city, and I think in the league, carries a lot of value given what he just did in his first season. I agree. I agree. And now, you know, all things considered, Jeff, you know, a lot of guys grow up with that NBA dream. They want to play this year's. They want to play here. They want to make this amount. You played for the Cavs. You played for the Nuggets. You had a long career in Europe where you still hold that record. You played professional for more than 10 years after college. Are you satisfied with your basketball journey, or do you wish it turned out a little differently and maybe you got to stay in the league a little bit longer before having to uh, go overseas? So, 
you know, I'm, I'm satisfied. You know, um, I feel, you know, just whatever was supposed to happen, happened. I, I mean, you know, everybody always have those, have those what ifs, but I'm satisfied. Like, um, I played, in, I got to the NBA. Uh, it didn't work out, but I, I got to still play overseas. So I'm happy. I'm happy. And then big picture, end of the day, you're looking back. Someone asks you, what was your favorite interaction on an NBA court? What would you say it was and who was on the other end of it? Getting to play against Michael Jordan, the GOAT. Even though, even though it was, his, 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 it was his, the end of his career, just being able to be on the court with him and I actually have a couple of pictures of me like guarding him, I think that was like the best moment. That was the best moment. Being on the court with the GOAT. And that, that MJ still averaged 23, 6, and 5 at age 38 after yep. a three-year retirement yep. with a hand-picked roster. So And had a couple game winners, too. Yeah, I think he dropped. He had a, I think he had a 50-burger, too. I think uh, all the basketball he accounts, throwback so. hoops, loves to Thank share you. that. That's awesome. Yeah. You can't ask for more than that. Right, right. And all right, my final question for you, Jeff, and then we'll wrap up today's episode. We did talk about the Cavs and some of your thoughts. Push comes to shove. Are they, definitive answer, are they a top six team in this year's East? Are they guaranteed that first round top, spot? Top six? Yeah. I think so. I think so for sure. For sure. And there you have it. Jeff Trepanier does agree that the Cavs will be a top six. I agree they'll be a top six, and I know that almost everybody listening to this podcast, unless they're a fan of a bubble team, will agree <laughs> that they are top six. But, Jeff, an absolute pleasure having you on, talking basketball, talking about the records you hold, the basketball upbringing, and working with the younger guys of today. I've really enjoyed having you on. I appreciate you having me, man. I'll come back whenever you need me. Anytime. Even though I was only, I was only here 12 games, I'll still be around. <laughs> hey, that's 12 more games than I've ever played. So that's why I got the microphone here. I, I, you give me the ball, I, I think I'll be playing negative 12 games. <laughs> but he is Jeff Trepanier. I'm Zach Weiss. This has been the latest edition of Across the Cast. If you like what you heard, head over to Spotify, Apple, iHeart. Give it a listen, drop a review. But until next time, we will see you later.